hit the record button. So that means we're back. The long-awaited return. We're back. You know, we, we've been, like, fairly consistent. I think at least, like, once a month. We did uh-huh. have, we had to shelve the secret episode, which our fans won't get to hear until next fall. But, um... We're, we're we're like not we're not too far off like we used to be. Oh yeah, we keep a decent schedule. Mm-hmm. But yeah, welcome back, folks. Uh, another episode. Is this our eleventh or twelfth episode? Oh uh, well, that, that whole like fall secret <laughs> one really threw off my yeah like count. We'll call it ele- we'll call it eleven. And yeah, I think it's official. You can 11. fact check us in the back in the comment section. Um, yeah. this is the. Friends Talking Music with Beer podcast, and we got an interesting one for you today. Um, musical upbringing, musical how we got to where we are. Like a music timeline, if you will. Exactly. Of uh, our lives. Yeah, music. it's probably a pretty interesting one, and maybe you might be able to take away some some tidbits, some facts, or maybe some, some band recommendations throughout our lives, because... Um, you know, we're, we're deep diving. We're going back to the, to the Babby days. All all the way back. It'll be (laughs) the earliest memories. Jam packed with nostalgia. (laughs) So buckle up folks. You're going to go on a ride through our, through our brains. Strap in. (laughs) Strap in. It's going to be a bumpy ride. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. But um, first. But first, this is. The number one music and beer podcast on the on the web, and uh, that was nice. Um, so we're drinking some beers, Matt. Um, what you got today? I have a Brute IPA from Sierra Nevada. Riley, do you know what a Brute IPA is? Um, have you heard of that? Enlighten me, Matt. Okay, so Brute uh, comes from Champagne, actually. Oh, okay. So what they did in this beer is they add an enzyme. I can't pronounce it. It's it's (laughs) weird name. They add an enzyme in the mash when they're brewing this, and it kind of all the sugar latches onto it, and kind of the sugar disappears. And so at the end, you get a super dry beer, um, a super dry IPA. Interesting. The carbonation is really low. Uh, like it's not super hoppy. It's not super malty. What, it's just kind of what like is a, it? So it's it's technically an IPA, but it's just a nice, like very smooth, kind of like a lager flavor. Do okay. Do I'm interested. Do other um, breweries have brutes, or is is this yeah, kind of like yeah. the, the it, most it's catching okay. on now? Okay, I, it's the new flavor heard, of the month. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, yeah, it is the new flavor of the month. I started hearing about it um, a few, maybe a few months ago, mm-hmm. like kind of over the summer of 2018, and it started on the West Coast, and now it's like picking up and becoming a little more popular. I start seeing them at other places now. People are trying their own brutes. Brute IPAs. Is it B R U T? Yep. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So look out. I, there's probably actually I know Land Grant. Okay. Good segue into your beer. Mm-hmm. The Land Grant has a Brute Flute IPA. I think it's called <laughs> Brute Flute. But okay. It might only be at their tap room. Okay. Right but yeah. 
Well, thank you it's for It's good. It's it's nice for uh the changing of seasons. Is it a good like, like kind of spring some... beer? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's really good for spring. All right, cool. Well, you gave me two great transitions then. Um cuz I am drinking a uh warmer weather style land grant beer and this is their urban sombrero mexican lager um at first i was not a huge fan of it um the i guess i didn't know what i was expecting but the on my second beer i actually really grew on me uh very uh very trans uh trans like parent almost it's like you can almost see straight through it very light colored very light bodied um very drinkable um it's just kind of your classic mexican lager and great if it was a little bit warmer here i would love this but yeah kind of sitting outside on a nice spring day in the heat this would be like a great refreshing beer to to have um right it definitely sounds like a summer yeah it'd be great to cook with um i think I think this one might be on a, a repeat for me for this summer. I'm not a huge land grant guy usually, but the um, I was the uh, the can art really caught my eye at the grocery store, so I kind of decided to go with it. And the fact that I don't drink like Mexican beers all too often, uh, I wanted to try something different for myself. So uh, I would definitely recommend the uh, Urban Sombrero if you can get your hands on it fabulous mm-hmm. have you ever had like a, a soul or i guess dos dos is the most yeah dos is the is probably beer. the most known and most drank of the mexican lagers uh-huh yeah soul is also a very common one i wonder if it's similar, similar. i'd have to do like a side-by-side huh. taste test i don't think i've ever had soul though yeah well when i'm in uh ohio when i'm back in ohio one day yeah, I have to check it out. That sounds nice. Oh, most definitely. But okay. anyway, Riley, yes, are you ready to delve <laughs> deep back into our darkest memories of music and lightest? Not darkest. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know about you. Mine are all pretty bad. Oh, really? Tr- tr- trigger, oh. trigger warning. <laughs> okay, you hit me with the worst. <laughs> this is good. The worst over with. Okay. Anyway, uh, let's we, do, let's do, do the sound effect. Should we go? Should how, we go? How, we got to go back in time with the sound effect. We do. Yeah, let's step in the time machine. All right. Uh, how how far back back in your memory can you go? Because for me, I don't think it's that far back. Um, I would say two thousand or nine or ninety nine. Okay. Wow. That's, yeah, yours is just as bad as mine. Okay. Well, I mean, that was like the the most where I like can remember it and be and remember it like because it was like I wanted to remember it or because it was a musical thing that I was interested in. I could probably remember songs that were on the radio before then, like some Sugar mm-hmm. Ray stuff. Um, but like mm-hmm. that was that was just inconsequential to me. But like I kind of started with the first music I ever sought out. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. interesting okay i i can i'm going further back to just what i was listening to as a little cot okay kid little kidlet yeah you want you want you want to hear about that yeah i do i'm interested what what little little maddie liked uh-huh so i think <laughs> my earliest memories of music was just the cassettes and records that my mom had okay this i 
I think this was pre-CD or at least before my mom bought CD. Yeah, so it was just CD. whatever she had and me and my sister liked because we we're, you know, pretty close in age and mm-hmm. grew up together really closely. So I vividly remember that we really enjoyed the Phantom of the Opera soundtrack <laughs> record. That That's my, funny. My mom had. Yeah. And we would like dance, dance to that. It was, and I still like, uh, can listen to that and think about it. Mm-hmm. That's, it's really, it's like, I, I don't, go ahead. Just like the emotion in mm-hmm. that when like the strings pick up and mm-hmm. the opera singing, like they get really high pitched and it's just like their voice is completely full. It's like, I, I can kind of see why a kid would, as a yeah. kid, I, especially the uh the the titular song the phantom of the opera with like the um yeah it's it's funny so i didn't write this down but like the fact that you brought this up i also listened to the phantom of the opera soundtrack as a wee lad um like my parents also had it and listened to it so i mean we're the same age and so like yeah. It must have come out, you know, and was it was like a best-selling record, wasn't it? The soundtrack from the the musical. So our parents must have like uh, yeah. bought it at the same time and and were listening to it. That's fast. That's <laughs> so funny that you listened to it too. Yeah, that's that was like definitely that and listening to the Police, like rock specifically the song Roxanne with my dad. Okay. Like is is oh, nice. if we're going as far back as we can remember about music, those are like the two things that i recall which is hilarious that we both like were uh, cut our teeth yeah. on the uh phantom of the opera place yeah. <laughs> soundtrack yeah that's so funny um yep that, and then we had some cassettes too and i, I don't mm-hmm. remember any specifics from that but then i, I i'm probably catching getting pretty close to where you're starting then mm-hmm. uh, um with like boy bands were you really into the kind of like boy band music it's i i have a i was not really into them but i knew them and they were like everybody everybody and i i remember being at like a pizza hut in rural tennessee and like going to and this Uh was like my first jukebox experience like my grandma gave me a couple quarters wait pause (laughs) this is already the most amazing thing you've ever (laughs) anyway so i like i like strutted up to the jukebox i I was probably like six or seven i felt super cool put the quarters in played some i can't remember what the song was but it was definitely a backstreet boys song um and then like strutted back to my table like a like a boss like um like 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 i owned that pizza hut and um <laughs> and you did for a moment yeah i just i felt so cool the fact that i like i used a jukebox to put like in retrospect like using a jukebox to play uh in sync in like a country ass uh pizza hut in the middle of nowhere it's just, like that's not what people wanted to hear in there i doubt but um I but yeah that that's like my boy bands but i think i'm even further on but uh, let's let's hear what you got to say about the boy bands Okay. The, the other one I want to throw out was S Club Seven. Does that ring any bells for you? Oh God, is oh, that so that's like they, a Canadian one? They, yeah, and they had a TV show, and the girls were like smoking hot, and honestly, that's what really got me into it, dude. But I think there was something. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think the only reason I remember that is because I was watching this YouTube video of like nostalgic commercials 
from the 90s and like s club uh-huh. 7 was on it so that, that's like the, literally it's only the only reason i remember it was because i learned about it like the other day so that's so fun <laughs> yeah go ahead um but i think that uh the appeal of that kind of music was it was just very easy like the, i don't know it, kids i think just like that high-pitched voice yeah i mean it's easy listening it's like it's not complex like anybody can get into it and like for kids it has a very strong like melody so like kids can sing along mm-hmm. to it and stuff yeah it's dancey mm-hmm. yeah that's a, I guess i didn't seek that out by any means uh, maybe a little bit but but that was hot at the time <laughs> it was hot it was incredible yeah britney spears uh in sync backstreet boys yep. Uh, all of the uh, Aguilera, Christina Aguilera, yeah, all of those kind of were huge in the two thousand or in the late nineties, early two thousands. Uh huh. And then, yeah, that takes me to like early two thousands. And then my next thing was, and this might, I guess, uh, it came out in two thousand four. Was the Creed Greatest Hits <laughs> album? Oh, the, you didn't even you didn't even do a like what is it uh uh human clay you waited for the the greatest hits to come out no i just went straight greatest hits. i mean that that's what i remember that so i remember having that cd and just like i would put that on replay <laughs> especially for like long car rides put that mm-hmm. in my walkman like i'm set for the yeah. car ride that's funny I, something about just those riffs uh the lyrics are like straightforward and just like Mm-hmm. you know like loving each other man yeah when you have no pretensions it's like you can love oh. creed when you when you yeah it's like it, there's nothing wrong it's with it it's very innocent. it's 100 listenable music mm-hmm. i was just a innocent little little pup yeah you said and, this was uh, this was oh four apparently that's when that came out because mm-hmm. that's that's what i I remember so maybe i i skipped over some stuff uh yeah that you listened to yeah so for me like the earliest thing that i wrote down was weird al maybe you like oh yeah were oh, you into weird yeah. al so my friend got me into weird al mm-hmm. uh later i i did not okay early on yeah i um i must have inherited some either tapes or cds of of weird al like his older 80s stuff and then um I remember Running with Scissors came out, and this I I, w- I wish I would have gone and looked, but it had the it had the Star Wars Episode One um, parody as well as Albuquerque, which damn as a kid like I loved those songs, and that was like the first album where I can remember going out and specifically buying that uh, either with I don't know uh, some money somebody had given me or like my allowance or whatever, but like that uh-huh. was my my first music buying experience where i was like i want this album because i had heard it on the radio and i went and bought it that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah i guess probably the creed greatest hits is that for me where i was like mom like i need this <laughs> that's funny that's um a- but at the at a similar time um the gorilla's clint eastwood single was tearing mm-hmm. up the charts and that was probably my first like uh actual like not that weird owl is not actual music it's 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 its own niche genre of comedy music but like yeah very uh, niche yeah but when you go to like just general music for non-comedy sake the gorillas Mm -hmm. self-titled 2001 was like also one of the first albums where i was like i need 
the album that has Clint Eastwood on it. I hated all the other songs. I could not get into them. They're a little esoteric, <laughs> like for kids. But um, yeah. Clint Eastwood was a very good single, and I definitely listened to that album a lot just like just to hear Clint Eastwood. Yeah, that's a funny year. So mm-hmm. early on in Gorillas. Yeah. Um, the only uh, 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 Weird Al song I remember as a kid is Weenie in a Bottle. We need a bottle. It's it's ringing yeah, a bell. There yeah, there's like a some pop song that's like, that was genie in a bottle. Yeah, it was it's like, Christina Aguilera. A weenie in a bottle. <laughs> yeah, I mean Weird Al. We like we got a shout out to him, Weird Al. If he's you're a listening, real, real funny dude. He's a real funny. He's still going to this day. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And he's an excellent musician too. Like he had all of his like um polka medleys and stuff like he wasn't just like he when he covers a song he makes it his own he's not just like messing with the lyrics but keeping the same music and stuff it's like he really owns those those parodies and i think that's why so many artists respect him because he he is an artist in his own rights yeah he really is Mm -hmm. shout out weird out shout out weird out Hit us up, man. Like, come, come on the pod, to dude. Discuss. That would actually be kind of sick. That would be amazing. <laughs> I've listened to him on like, Comedy Bang Bang, one of my favorite podcasts. And mm-hmm. He's he's really funny. Yeah, funny I've heard him on the WTF podcast, and yeah, he would. He's a great guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, come on the pod, weird. Yeah, but let's let's keep going down the timeline here. Um, for uh-huh. for me, like, there's a bit of a. Uh, jump here so i don't know like when this time period was but this is like when i said i like went out and sought this music uh then i started to like inherit more music so like from my dad um he listened to like the offspring a lot um the lincoln park and um the reverend horton heat and so those are like kind of also like like I, i just picked up after him and those were like as i was getting older maybe like 10 or 11 or 12 like those were the bands that i was listening to just because i was spending a lot of time with my dad like in the car listening to that music um Mm. but those were the things that like he had in his cd player and so like those are kind of getting to where like my musical taste started to form a bit around real Uh music and i also um i didn't have like i'm the oldest in my family but i did have um an uncle who is um 10ish years older than me. And so you can kind of consider him like a sort of a close enough in age that where he could influence my music taste pretty strongly. And mm-hmm. he gave me some really interesting stuff for like an 11 or 12 year old to be getting into. Um a lot of like jazz rap fusion, like uh, a tribe called Quest and De La Soul. But also uh-huh. he grew up in the like the mid 90s, so he gave me a lot of punk rock from then like No Effects bad religion uh green day and dinosaur jr and jawbreaker and the likes of that and so that is kind of that was like the seed like that fomented where i sort of my trajectory so that's kind of like where it all started for me okay that that gave me a brainwave because (laughs) for you as your uncle for Mm -hmm. me it was my cousin actually made me a mix cd and i don't remember my age uh, but it had like some 90s stuff on there, like Gin Blossoms, Incubus. And I would listen, it was two CDs, and I would listen to those like all the time. It's just yeah. like classic 90s stuff. 
And I, I think that was a huge influence on me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you when you're a kid and there's like Spotify doesn't exist, there's no streaming music. You have like if you have a CD or two, and that like you you just mm-hmm. listen to them a ton, and that's like like those become ingrained. Yep, man, this is like so specific to like yeah. our uh, yeah, uh, like the way we grew up because the music industry mm-hmm. changed so much during our lifetime. Exactly, that, the the way you receive music. It was so different between when we were kids mm-hmm. and now. We kind of we we're like we're like late stage millennials, so we like caught the very tail end of of the old music industry and yeah. and got to experience like the new trajectory as well. So we can like remember both sides. Yeah, and and one of my you mentioned this, but uh, you know I also didn't have like a record store I could mm-hmm. go to like not in like suburban Salido. There's, mm-hmm. there's there wasn't really. I mean, there's like an F by E at the mall or something. It's like all the way in Maumee. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not that far, but I had to drive or had someone drive me or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I picked up music from friends. I was the oldest in my family, too. So, I didn't have an older brother, third older sister that passed me down music. Mm -hmm. It was just friends or what was happening at the time. I didn't even really write down stuff that was on the radio Mm -hmm. at the time. But, you know, that, that wasn't the kind of stuff that I went too yeah but it it was there it was like that's what i knew you know yeah exactly like the radio stuff like you were saying didn't always intrigue me the most it was these these records these these cds and tapes that i inherited that that i like had on repeat a lot Um, yeah and also i will say the tony hawks pro skater games Um, yep that's on my list that's on your list that had like no joke had a significant influence especially specifically the third one for me um alien ant farm afi adolescence all were on there and like that got me into punk rock like kind of at an early stage and and as well as hip-hop too so like Mm -hmm. those those like don't discredit like the soundtracks on the just because they're video games like they're they're great Mm -hmm. soundtracks those soundtracks were incredible. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know if there's ever been a better soundtrack than mm-hmm. the Tony Hawks. For me, it was Pro Skater 4 was mm-hmm. my favorite Tony Hawks, or that's the one that we had. Yeah. And I played all the time. Goldfinger uh, yeah, was Goldfinger on there. Was on the there. Clash mm-hmm. was on there. And those soundtracks were so good. It was such a great blend of hip-hop and punk. Mm-hmm. Like I guess like two things like you, you wouldn't maybe think initially that are tied together. But they, they like yeah blended so well like perfectly. It, it captured like skateboarding perfectly, and that, that also got mm-hmm. me into like interested in skateboarding and music. Like those, it's strange. Like a video game like really influenced my trajectory and like what I like to do. Um, yeah. So shout out That's to Tony Hawk and uh, NeverSoft. Um, I love you guys. What was there any other video game music? Because I kind of broke mine down into phases. So I, video game music was kind of like a phase. For oh me. man, that's, I wish I would have thought of that. But like when I was going through my memories, like that was the one that stood out the most. I can't think of any other games also, that had like soundtracks like that. Yeah. For me, the sports games, usually oh, had yeah, like Madden and FIFA and stuff. sports would invest money mm-hmm. into buying the music. So NBA live had, like Murphy Lee, like a lot, obviously all hip hop stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Madden usually had soundtracks. Like I specifically remember the Bravery Event Sevenfold 
Green Day mm-hmm. being on those um, like mid two thousands Madden soundtracks. Yeah. I I only had like one Madden game and one uh, NCAA football game, so they must not have had much effect on me because I can't remember the soundtracks from them at all. Yeah, there's usually like a, a couple bangers mm-hmm. on there that were like the best songs, but I I got like the one like every year i was so into it yeah i remember like playing it at friend's house and thinking that it had lots of like what we now call butt rock on it like <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah. especially i think the madden game yeah notorious for that Ma- for Ma- sure. i'm thinking like tiger woods pga golf like, oh, even okay. had some like butt rock on it <laughs> probably yeah but, but i think uh the best one was ncaa football 2006 mm-hmm. had a lot of like 90s um just like real old throwback punk and i'm trying to remember specific artists that's pretty interesting no no facts for sure Mm -hmm. was on there uh less than jake probably on on a madden game wow ncaa oh it was was like it was the first time that they had like the create your uh like college play okay you know it was like Mm -hmm. tend to be like a college guy and so they had like guess what was popular at the time for college kids at the time for college people Mm -hmm. which is like you know punk rock so that was it's crazy to think that 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 was like i don't think about it like punk rock was pop music like it was popular music at that time uh when we were in college like nobody like that was if you said that that was popular like like that's it was not at all like it's it's all it's really the the paradigm that sh- has shifted a lot for sure it shifted mm-hmm. a ton but we'll get to our yeah college. we'll get there we're uh, jumping the gun uh-huh. a bit but um did, did you uh ever were you really into hip-hop or rap or like eminem yeah like, well so i had like my uncle's de la soul and tribe called quest cds okay. um okay yeah, you were more like Southern rap, right? Yeah, and I, I also this is weird. I, I went out and bought Ludacris's Chicken and Beer like on yes. my own. Yeah, uh, and like I'm glad my dad never found that CD because he would take it away from me. But <laughs> wow. um, yeah, like I, I liked a lot of like kind of East. Like those were like the three ones that I had, and then I did not listen to much rap at all beyond those. Um, okay. and and those like De La Soul and the Tribe Called Quest. I that I think they're both east coast i think they're both they might be both new york city i might i could be wrong on that but um mm-hmm. but uh yeah it's just kind of like early 90s jazz rap fusion i yep. really got into and for some reason also ludicrous i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> my my southern rap was mm-hmm. young gz and ti okay and uh but i also i really liked eminem and my mm-hmm. mom hated that yeah i'm sure she hated it. Yeah. everybody everybody's mom hated eminem <laughs> that was his thing that's why you listen to it yeah uh but that's jelly. it's weird that you're bringing that up now because the what some people consider like the golden age of of like dirty south rap and hip-hop huh. like crunk stuff like oh five oh four uh i did listen to a lot of like Ying Yang Twins and oh, yes, uh, Lil, sure. Lil John, like that was that stuff was impossible to ignore, and um, mm-hmm. I think I just sort of maybe as an act of rebellion, like I listened to that a lot for like a very brief 
six month period of my life. Like that was what I listened to on the radio in Cincinnati. Yeah. Did you guys have like dances? Yeah, we did. Okay. They would play that music and that was, it would go down. That's like when I hear that, I like get brought back to like middle school dances and stuff. Yeah. Uh huh. Pussycat doll. Yeah. (laughs) So, so very specific. Um, But, uh, that basically takes me into high school. Mm hmm. Ish. Um, I got a little bit in between like elementary and high school, yeah. like my junior high years. This was also when I was picking up guitar. Um, yeah. so, uh, as well as like these sort of like punk and, uh, hip hop influences. I also really loved a uh, classic and, and dad rock at the time too, just cause I wanted to be a good guitar player. So mm-hmm. I listened to all like, you know, all the classics like Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton, ACDC, Pink Floyd, Queen, all those guys um, were also very influential for me. Just because as like any kid, any 13, 14 year old kid with a guitar, it's like the this is who you're told are the best guitarists and that you should aspire to be. Uh-huh. Um, were you looking up like Rolling Stone? Yeah, exactly. Articles? I had Rolling yeah. yeah Rolling Stone. I subscribed to Guitar World magazine for a bit and that was like Allman Brothers oh, were like wow. always in it for some reason. <laughs> and um and Eric Clapton, yeah, it was like, that was kind of like the zeitgeist of then. So when I was like 13 and 14, before I really started to hone in on what I liked, uh, my iPod was full of, of classic rock too. And it also helped that my dad owned a lot of classic rock. So it was, it was easy to, to get into. Yeah. It, yeah. You started playing guitar a little bit before me. Mm-hmm. So my early high school music listening was influenced by my new friends in high school mm-hmm. so like sublime yeah i specifically remember vividly hearing them for the first time at my friend's house we're like whoa mm-hmm. what is this, this i is remember so my dope. first time listening to sublime too it was uh really I, w- it, I had like a babysitter and she was driving me around and she had um like santa rio was playing and i was like this is sick i like this uh-huh yeah, yeah. Sublime it was like has that effect on my me. friend frank actually mm-hmm. Yeah, like played Santeria like while we were playing ping pong or something mm-hmm. at his house. And that's my first sublime memory. Yeah. Uh, and then also I was into my friends got me into like Motion City soundtrack, Taking Back Sunday, mm-hmm. and and then like uh the like I guess you would call it like pop punk or like emo pop. Yeah. Boys like girls, we the kings, that kind yeah, of so this is where we kinda we diverged in high school, whereas I, we'll get into this, but like yeah, you were listening to what was popular at the time via your friends, whereas I kind of was stuck in the past uh-huh. still. Yeah, so, so we diverged right there. Mm-hmm. And then I started playing uh it was after fresh it was like freshman year summer, I think, mm-hmm. that I started playing bass guitar. Mm-hmm. And then I got into it like slowly after that I got into older music. So after it was about it was during a I guess like sophomore year of high school, which is like twenty two thousand eight or or so. Mm-hmm. Like two thousand eight to two thousand nine, I was like only old music. Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, Beatles. Okay, yeah. So you you kind of yeah. had that phase after me. Had the same phase, but after <laughs> yeah. Um, uh-huh. well, like my, so like my high school, um, music, uh, sort of revolved around the advent of Pandora, uh, which is kind of a sad, it's kind of sad right now that Pandora is pretty much, um, irrelevant, but, mm-hmm. um, that is how I found some of still my all time favorite bands, specifically 
uh, Neutral Milk Hotel was recommended to me via Pandora. And like that really? kind of like really, that was like the biggest influence of my music life up to that point. Like that changed everything. Um, and operate like I found Operation Ivy through Pandora, who I was like super really? into for a long time. And uh, yeah, so like I listened to a like I found those two bands and then like made Pandora stations off of them and like just kind of went down a rabbit hole. And most of that stuff was in the past. So it was like mm-hmm. new music I did not listen to. Uh, I went to a pretty small high school. So like most of my friends didn't really listen to that music. So mm-hmm. my environment didn't really allow me to uh, hear the stuff that you were listening to essentially. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really go on a music forum and search it out because I was happy with what I was listening with, listening to. So, yeah. Um, no, then I kind of, uh, transitioned into your phase once I started mm-hmm. playing guitar where I cared it, prior to that, it would just been what was around me, you know, like, mm-hmm. Okay, so what the music that they play in the video games that I play, mm-hmm. what my friends listen to, what's on the radio, stuff like that, whatever I hear is what I listen to. Then once I'd been playing guitar for a little while, I dug into old stuff. I'm like, now I'm in the like seeking phase. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I was looking uh, for, you know, old stuff. Like I mentioned, Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. But then I, I, this is, my next phase is what I call like my pretentious guitar music phase. <laughs> okay. It's the like, Yngwie so, Malmsteens. Yeah. Well, there's that. So there's like, yeah, Yngwie Malmsteen. <laughs> and like, uh, I was also like really into, uh, I played, I started playing bass. So I was very into like Victor Wooten type music and stuff like that. But then I also was like, no, guitar is all about passion that you play with. Mm-hmm. So my favorite was, Jack White, and that's okay. when I got into the White, the White Stripes, Stripes and mm-hmm. John Frusciante and Red Hot Chili Peppers, okay. and I just like yeah, I was basically wonder- dug really deep into those guitarists and yeah. their entire discography. I was wondering when the Red Hot Chili Peppers would show up, um, just because yep. I know that they've been huge for you. Right? Yeah. Basically, yeah, it's basically like late high school, mm-hmm. I think, and that that was like my life was like built that music. Like, yeah. At, everything that jack white had ever did like every song you like consent it that john frusciante had mm-hmm. ever written yeah like, that was everything that i listened to that's at that time yeah it's it's crazy that yeah it's such focus and i i had a similar so i didn't find this through pandora uh my friend had a car he was like a year uh like a few maybe like six months or a year older than me so he was able to drive when i wasn't so he would give me a ride sometimes mm-hmm. and he had like a loose like blank cd like on the floor of his dirty ass car and i like i picked it up and it just said radiohead on it and i was uh-huh. like um i was like oh can i like can i borrow this and he's like oh yeah sure whatever and like um i like it was um it was okay computer and that kind of how you were with with um like red hot chili peppers and white stripes like uh-huh. i just consumed every radiohead album that like existed um and i got they were it's weird to think back because i don't listen to them much anymore but that was like like huge for me for a couple years like it was just radiohead i I, like was over the over head over heels for it's so funny how that happens Mm -hmm. it's just like a like a like a scratched up old cd that this dude forgot was like in the backseat of his car and like just started a huge thing for me 
But it is like, I don't know, something something about Radiohead just has that effect with people. Mm-hmm. It's like the first time you listen to it, it's like, oh my god, this is everything that yeah like no one's ever done this before <laughs> exactly and i mean and they're they're still a great band and um and i was lucky enough that about that same time like in rainbows was coming out if, if mm-hmm. it hadn't already like just came out so like for me like in rainbows was huge you know like icky thump came out when we were in high school i'm sure you listened to that like yeah a ton mm-hmm. yeah i vividly uh, remember that coming mm-hmm. out being obsessed with that album mm-hmm. and uh I, w- I would be remiss if i didn't mention also during that time, like a very similar situation to you, like my friend Alex would like give me a ride mm-hmm. from the from school to home, and we would all like always listen to Blink One Eighty Two, and so I, I would just be remiss if I didn't throw yeah. them in there as kind of my Shout out high to, school. Yeah. Music. Shout out to Alex. Shout out to Petra. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I guess at this time we were kind of doing these things. I was digging into back catalogs of all the bands that I already like had liked up to that point and streaming at least was becoming, I guess not streaming, but like music accessibility was becoming more and more with like iTunes was out. You could uh-huh. buy individual tracks, uh BitTorrent yep. and LimeWire like were a thing. Yep. So like, it, yeah, it was basically, yeah, it, it was exactly what you're saying. Like mm-hmm. accessibility. It was easy to find what you wanted yeah. to find. YouTube, YouTube existed by this point, And so people were like uploading just music with sometimes lyrics or just sometimes nothing like up to YouTube. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was becoming more and more like your ability to find more and more stuff was like increasing when we were in high school. Yeah. People were starting to upload concert clips, even, even yeah. if they're like 360p or something. Yeah like terrible but mm-hmm. still you could see but, your favorite artists yeah exactly in a video is easy to find mm-hmm. and, and watch and uh, i guess I, I said streaming really didn't exist but i also mentioned pandora before pandora did exist and it was streaming music yeah. you just couldn't choose what the song you wanted to listen to essentially yeah um, that's that's so funny yeah pandora mm-hmm. is like it you we could do like an entire other podcast yeah. on pandora from yeah uh, that basically takes me into college. Yeah. But um before we go there, I would I would say like thinking like kind of thinking back the take like I was thinking if I could go back and tell myself something, um, it would be like kind of to listen to what you were listening to. Like don't discredit the new music, don't discredit the like the emo rock that was coming out of the time, like my chemical romance. Don't discredit like any new music because at the time I was sort of like snotty. I was like, Oh, everything on the radio sucks. Everything that new sucks. Like yeah. I want to go back and listen to all this old stuff. That's good. But like, uh, in hindsight, like a lot of my favorite bands now, like came out at that time. And I just wonder what would have happened if I actually like got into them at that time, how that would have affected me. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like that's such a nat natural thing to do. Mm hmm when you start playing your own music I like I because I did the exact same thing and I was like I had during my pretentious guitar music phase I wish I had been paying attention to mm-hmm. the things that were relevant for other people at the time yeah but you can't you can't pay attention to everything and like no, we were saying before like environment is so important and you don't know what you don't know and in hindsight you know everything that you like so it's it's yeah. It's just, I, I wonder what it would have been like, but I'm also not upset that it didn't go that way. Um, yeah. But it would have turned out the yeah. way they did. But, like, yeah. Like, Bright Eyes and Against Me 
Arcade Fire and Brand New were all releasing like excellent stuff at that time, and it was just like I didn't, I could not care essentially. Yeah, it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, now on to college, I guess, which is at least for me and maybe for you, like the biggest, like that, like college does for most people. It's just kind of um, transformative it's transition, mm-hmm. transformation. Yeah, for sure. And this is where we probably converge into yeah, a this very is where similar. We, yeah, met each other. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, dubstep was like the biggest mm-hmm. for our freshman year in 2010 that was yeah. the biggest transformation yeah edm like yeah it's... the idea of music that was like not played by guitar or mm-hmm. even like singing wasn't a vital component yeah of this music it was made with like a computer in like mysterious ways to me at the time. <laughs> it's so yeah. mysterious to me now i don't quite understand how electronic <laughs> music is made to be honest well, now that I've delved into it, I, mm-hmm. I get a little bit more. But unless you do that, mm-hmm. it, it's imp- like it makes no sense. Where did you have like a little bit of the snobbiness still like going into college, or were you like completely open to it? Like you know, I think shit? I th- I threw myself to the wolves, and I um, think I was I was like open to anything at that time, and yeah. I I specifically remember my first EDM. Like, I guess I would say I had listened to EDM before because, like, uh, my friend Ian in high school, like, he actually did, like, like electronic yeah. music. And, of course, like, everybody's heard Daft Punk and stuff. But um, my first, like, dubstep um, experience was, like, in my first few weeks, if not month of college. Like, I went to a party and somebody put on Skrillex and, like, people were just smashing shit, like, <laughs> like box fans and, like, f- like punching light bulbs yeah. and stuff. And, like, I just could like my mind like uh had a like a explosion essentially and i was like whoa this is like this is a thing and this is real and this exists and i want to know more and thinking back it's kind of cringy now a little bit like i I was telling you before we started recording I, i went to this um bar that has sometimes like burlesque performances but this time it was like a uh, like a juggalo eating and spitting fire and there was like oh. the like like pure pure 2010 dubstep playing really? um, and it was just like Turing it was up, it was like horrible it was like making me sick i like wanted to leave um and like just but like at the time when you're 18 like that was sick yeah and um i remember we like went to like shows and stuff and that was that was like so different for me because uh-huh. that was like some of the first actual shows i'd ever been to because i was not really allowed to go in high school um so like yeah it was it was huge for me yeah D- dubstep it, that's probably an entire <laughs> podcast we could do it just like yeah i don't has there ever been a genre that rose so fast and just <laughs> dropped fizzled off the out clips? yeah yeah it was here it was gone immediately mm-hmm. it was yeah i don't i i have a sister who's in college now and she's into um like the EDM scene it's it's very different than it was when we were in college but she says dubstep still exists it's just not like huge anymore um yeah i i did go to a concert with precedent at red rocks mm-hmm. and it, w- it was like a dubstep concert it's like oh shit this still <laughs> oh, shit, exists you guys are here still <laughs> people still listen to this yeah but, but it's um, not what it was mhm and I, I admit, like, first getting into that, 
I was just skeptical. Mm-hmm. I was like, but how do they make this? How, how are they making these noises? And so <laughs> I just had that like snobbiness of um, like, now I, I know how music is made. Like, this is how you write good. Like, yeah. But so that's... It evolved from blues. Everything started from blues. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that you say that because I, I specifically remember you from college, like, like almost only listening to EDM or maybe like that's like maybe I'm getting that remembering wrong, but like you were actually very into it at some point. No, no, I was. Yeah. I was and that's what, you know, our friends were into like Preston, like mm-hmm. head was head into that. Yeah. And Encore and you like mm-hmm. dove completely into that. Yeah. So, so that's what all of us were listening to. So I was into it. Mm-hmm. And I, but then if I would like go by myself, I'd be like, okay, I have to get some band music. <laughs> okay. So you were doing it in secret. That's why I never saw it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I really was. That's funny. Um, but but I think it was like the Skrillex concert freshman year that yeah. that like flipped the switch. Like, oh my God. Yeah. It was just like, right. you're 18, you're like in a new environment. You're not, you're like for the first time, you're, you don't have to answer to like your parents and you're like at a show and it's like a new music. It's like everything about it is new and exciting. And it's it kind of makes me sad thinking about it because it's like, shit, nothing like is that exciting and new anymore for me. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I don't know if anything could ever be that it, new. It's yeah. Just like, it, it, how could you go through such like a crazy like light switch kind of mm-hmm. transition in life? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. and I think it was a live experience for me, though. Yeah. That was huge. Did, did you get into like uh, rap and hip hop more in college too? It was Kanye? I yeah, think was I was gonna. I, I was wondering if we we're gonna come to the same conclusion. It's like, yeah, uh, Yume, our friend Yume, uh, was uh, huge in the Kanye when we first met him, and at the same time, uh, my beautiful or dark twisted fantasy was dropping, and that kind of like hooked me and sort of made me similar to the art uh, to the uh, Radiohead experience. Like I just went back like over winter break and went to the library and got every single Kanye album that they had and just oh. listened to them all over, over Christmas break. And that's that, so funny. Mm-hmm. Also for you, like the library was just like, you get like all the CDs yeah, and exactly. like rip that. Yeah, yeah. And just put them right on my laptop and brought them back the next day. It's... <laughs> yes. Yeah. I remember that getting like 30 CDs. The <laughs> yeah. Really You're like, cool. Oh, you're going to listen to all these. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um yeah, so like that kind of got me into like Kanye more and then by extension like rap more, but I still didn't have quite um the affinity towards rap or hip hop until kind of even further down the road. Um but indie rock was also blowing up at the time and like we were listening to uh like uh who was it? Um crap. Uh the name is escaping me. Um uh Bury Us Alive. What was who did that song? Oh, uh Starfucker. Yeah, Starfucker. Um uh-huh. they that, that, that was like mm-hmm. a kind of like underground indie rock scene that mm-hmm. we got into. Yeah, and there was like Starfucker, Reptar, um it's like I haven't thought about these in so long and I didn't take any notes on them because it's just coming to me right now. Um neon yeah. neon indian uh like there was there was a brief but like potent indie scene that came out uh bright um who were they uh crap pretty lights 
Is that... Oh yeah. So so that was interesting. That I I consider that kind of electronic, the pretty I, lights. Maybe it wasn't pretty lights who I'm thinking of. Um, but anyway, go ahead. Sorry that I'm sort of derailing. Um, yeah, because the, it's interesting. Those were kind of electronic influence, maybe mm-hmm. as well. It was like indie time. electronic. Um, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and and at least I was really into like Crystal Castle. Oh yeah, Crystal Castle. That, that's yeah. that kind of dancey, mm-hmm. like more electronic based. Mm-hmm. But there was that weird fusion mm-hmm. of of the two that started at that time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when you're in college, you get exposed to your, like, especially we went to Ohio state. So our environment went from like your like Catholic school in Toledo and my tiny uh-huh. school in, uh, Cincinnati to like a 50,000 person campus. And you can basically learn about anything that you want to. Um, and I think this is about like during college is when I also got into much more niche music like yeah exactly and and yeah you you focus in on like exactly kind of your what you like and what you want yeah yeah before it's like you know what's in the zeitgeist Mm -hmm. or what you know video games are you know putting out there Mm -hmm. and then um you know i mean like going back to like guitar music it's like everyone knows that it's yeah it's been around forever people are aware of it Mm -hmm. but then it was kind of the niche electronic music that I really got into next. Mm-hmm. So it's like I was my, my friends got me into like the f- very first phases of trap, like electronic music, like mm-hmm. RL Grind Bauer. Yeah, like, that was like a completely. It was like a new part of electronic that I was finally. I was like on the front lines for mm-hmm. something. I think it was really like the first time. Yeah, it's it's exciting when that when you realize that that's happening, or it, it's it's like an incredibly amazing feeling when you find that art or that medium that speaks exact like is targeted exactly at your taste. It's like it's almost as if it was made directly for you, and you can only get that with finding more niche and more pointed. Um, you know, sources of art essentially. And, um, it's, and I think college sort of opened that door for us. And yeah, like you were saying, you found like the, like started honing in on the front line of that trap stuff. And I started like, um, dealt like deep diving into like sub genres of, of like punk rock and things like that and finding exactly what I liked in music. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. This is, where we diverge a little bit, mm-hmm. but also was it for you? This is kind of the moment where you reflected on your influences from the past. Because for me, the, I mean, the idea of like that trap electronic music came from like the hip hop that I was listening to like a long time ago, like T.I., Young Jeezy, Ludacris. Like it's the same mm-hmm. stuff. It's, I would say like for my first two years, like freshman, sophomore year, I kind of, I sort of like eschewed all like past music tastes and just in for favor of and be, and this may have been even like not co- like I wasn't conscious of doing this but I was just listening to so much other stuff and it wasn't until my junior year where I started like like all right let's reel it back in like what did what have I loved this whole time and then start like mm-hmm. I said drilling into that and finding more of those influences uh-huh yeah it, it, I think it's kind of similar for me like around mm-hmm. junior year but 
I was drilling down to, oh, I like this in the past. This thing is influenced, but it's new. It was influenced by the stuff I liked in the past, but it is new. Okay. I, you know, that, that may be a little different from me. I, yeah, I think it's different. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what it was, uh, but yeah, I was listening to just all sorts of stuff. And I think, I think maybe what you're talking about now happened to me after college, actually, with when I got Spotify. And I was oh, like, okay. and that uh-huh. kind of was like the end game. Essentially, it's like, okay, well, all music is here now, almost, and yeah. um, I can just do whatever I want. Uh huh. When uh, when did what what kind of year time frame was that? Probably twenty. It was like probably twenty fourteen, like right after we graduated, and um, uh-huh. I was like working a new job, like a like a cubicle job, and I was able to listen to music a lot, and so. Um, I I was also like seeing a girl at the time who was really really into uh like the underground Cleveland music like punk rock scene and so like I got a lot of um inf- like recommendations from her and started like turning on Spotify and listening to those bands and finding other bands and I was like happy that they kind of came from that sort of punk rock or hardcore genre that I was into early on via the influences from Tony Hawk and my uncle and things like that. And so I like Mm -hmm. really started getting into it. And that's where like almost all of my huge music tastes come from now. It's like, um, I found hop along and Jeff Rosenstock and, um, uh, big ups and all those bands like kind of came out of sort of a a return to basics for me and like Uh, where did where joyce manor joyce manor yeah all of that came out of my time in cleveland essentially and um yeah that was a that was a huge part for me and kind of the end of what i would say the end of my timeline um sort of like the present i'm i'm just like i can't really i'm not far enough removed from today to be able to like look back at it and like what am i liking right now I, oh. I, I can tell you it's not the same as as what we're talking about. It's not like the the, the kind of the pop punk or the emo rock is sort of falling off a little bit for me, and I'm sort of in a bit of a transitionary state. And maybe if we do this again in a oh. year or two, we can talk more about like what was 2019, what was 2018. Right. right. Yeah, that that's where we like come back together though, because mm-hmm. you kind of brought me into the Joyce Manor hop along. Yeah. Jeff Rosenstock, mm-hmm. and that, yeah, we got really into that together. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would be—I can't believe I didn't say Menzingers. Yeah, it's like that was where we sort of converged again, and then start. We like saw tons of shows together, started listening to lots of music like that together, and um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would say like those artists aren't producing as much good stuff anymore, or like maybe it's just like times are changing and new music is coming out. But there was a very specific point in time from like. 2015 to 20 i don't know 17 or 18 where that was like like what we were listening to yeah that yeah that was really nice Mm -hmm. i I didn't know that i had been missing like band music yeah but then when like i heard that stuff that you that you gave me you know Mm -hmm. listen to this it was like oh my god like I had been missing that. Yeah, exactly. And I think we both had probably had that same experience where it was like college was very different. And like, we, we pulled some things that we liked out of it. And, but like, but like you said, like band music, like some, some people with real instruments, like 
playing like hard hitting heavy music together live is like is kind of where we gravitated back towards yeah yeah it was like coming back to my roots post-college like okay that was yeah that was a thing (laughs) that we did but Mm -hmm. here's who i am and what i love yeah and and yeah for me the i guess like catching up to current day is a little bit like also in flux it's hard to say without any kind of like the perspective of time but still some kind of like that new music like white reefer the dirty nail that kind of yeah what are what are you listening to right now um that's a good question i I still catch like some good emo songs that i like Mm -hmm. but i think reggaeton is like a genre that because you had a yeah you had an entirely new experience of of living in Mm -hmm. um like a spanish speaking the spanish speaking world for a while right yeah so that's a completely different genre that was Mm -hmm. entirely not on my radar at all that now i'm just like starting to break the surface and delve into and even like country before i like you notice i never mentioned a country (laughs) yeah in in this entire thing yeah but now like slowly finding some some things that i enjoy some niche country mainstream country that i enjoy Mm -hmm. so it's just new little you know influences like that and like i won't be able to summarize it into an entire phase until yeah until until we have some time a while late Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you have enough yeah that time to look back at it yeah but that's you know kind of where i'm at Mm -hmm. all plants yeah, I can't. Was, I can't say that I like. Yeah, it's, if I were to try to say anything about what I'm listening to now, it's it's definitely not. There's there's not a uh, a cohesive thread to it all. It's very all over the place. So it's like I I don't know what it what it will come out to be. Yeah, me too. It's it's hard to define something like, mm-hmm. like just in the present moment. Yeah, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we'll do like a, a follow up a follow-up like mm-hmm. year later yeah well we do like the yearly year end mm-hmm. year end review so that yeah. that kind of is that moment for me um cool well that's pretty much it yeah Th- this was a fun one yeah i liked this one it, it was interesting to like yeah when you started talking about stuff i was like holy crap i like it's like when yeah. memories like are so dusty it's like you, when they get brushed off you're like holy crap that's that was a thing wasn't it uh-huh. Um, yeah. You mentioned things and I'm like, oh my God, I <laughs> forgot to write that down. But yeah. That's an entire part of my life. Yeah. This, this is a good one. I hope, you know, um, our listeners can sort of try to map out their own musical timelines and maybe it matches up to ours. Maybe it doesn't, but it's a, it's a fun experiment to do. I like when I was taking notes for this before I spent a good, like 30 minutes, just like, oh yeah, that was a thing. And it was, it was, I liked it. It was fun. And just talking yeah. about it has been fun. Yeah. It is really fun to think about. Mm-hmm. So I hope you guys map your own timeline. Yeah, send your mapped timelines to um, ftmbpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh huh. And we read all of those <laughs> we emails. Will, we will re- <laughs> we will definitely read them all if somebody emails to them. To them, we will read them. <laughs> or actually, maybe instead, just tweet at us <laughs> at ftmb underscore podcast and. There's a slightly more likely chance it'll get right there. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a fun one, Matt. And I think we're going to be signing off here. Over and out. Over Until and next out. time, FTM beers. 
FTMB out.